0: We're going to be continuing down uh, uh, down the biblical principles of stewardship, uh, but let us pray. Father, again, we thank you for this evening, Lord, and as we gather here, uh, we want ears to hear and hearts softened to listen to and to prepare and to receive and have a mindset, a desire to apply what you're going to speak into our lives this evening through your word, through these principles of stewardship that you've given us in your scripture And may we just be receiving of that and with gladness this evening, Lord. That may be just a sweet-smelling aroma of our praise and worship and and song, but also our worship here now is opening up your word and our time of prayer. We're going to thank you and praise you for this evening. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We started the principles of stewardship, and I wanted to make sure you understand this discipleship journey Now, if you're new to the faith, this is going to be interesting and new and a kind of a struggle for you because you're not there yet to get to a point of understanding of what it means to be a godly steward of what God has given you in regards to the gift, spiritual gift or gifts he's given you, but also the talents and abilities, but also resources, not only just money, but your time and your body and other things that we're going to go through today scripturally and says, what are you doing with what God has given you? People also, you know, when you're brand new believer or a non-believer, you're it's all about self. I get to do whatever I want to do with this body God's given me. I can do whatever money God's given me, because I've worked hard. And you can go through all this rationalization that we've all done that. But once you become a Christian, and you start this discipleship, and you truly are a disciple of Christ, you're going to grow, and he's going to change and transform you. And you're not going to think the same way. You're going to think less of you, more of him, and more of others. And that's what should happen. If you're not moving in that direction, then you're at a stalemate, or if you haven't moved in that direction at all about wanting to know God on a deeper level and just surrendering your life, let alone serving others, then you need to look at your, you know, your life and say, am I really saved? Or have I just been playing religion all these years and hanging out at a church because that's what we used to do when I grew up and that's what I continue to do and it makes me feel good once in a while, you know? Kind of. That is not what Christianity is all about. It's it's a relationship with Christ and a transformed life. That's what is Christianity is all about. And so he doesn't want you to stay this as like a non-believer. Now you're 10 years later, you're saying you're a Christian and there's no growth to prove that. And one of those things to know that you're growing and maturing and truly a disciple, you will be a good steward for God. You will understand these principles and you'll go, yes, Lord, thank you for changing. Yes, I'm no longer like I was back in when I was selfish and as a non-believer and a brand new book. No, this is, I'm, Lord, you've really been doing a lot of work in me. I haven't even really noticed this, how just so subtle and, and gently you've changed my life to get stop thinking about myself so much. And thinking about you and thinking about others in regards to the resources you've given us. Sins such as envy and jealousy and covetousness and greed, they are really, truly a mark of that is revealing that you're just selfish. You're a, you're a selfish person that needs to change. That is really, those, those sins really depict that. And again, this is about, okay, now, okay, God, you're revealing that to me. Now I need to change. I want to. I want to change. God, change me. And, and you, you want to move forward. And instead, you want to please God and bless others in such a practical and and uh, way, biblically, in regards to what we call stewardship. And we're caring and giving of the physical and the spiritual resources that God has provided to you. And we want to be able to have a plan, a biblical plan of stewardship to do what God's called us to do with the resources He's given us. Now, we highlighted last week that God is sovereign over every facet of His creation, every facet. And He graciously has allowed you and I, as believers, to be a steward or managing steward for Him with those resources. And we also learned last week that we need our motivation behind that stewardship is to be a faithful steward. And that we need to center on God and his his objectives of what he wants us to do as a steward of his resources. That's our focus. We have to say, "Okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? What would you like me to, to spend my time like? What do you want me to do with my physical abilities? What do you want to do with the resources, the money, and, the, and other things you've given me? What do you want me to do with that for you, Lord? And what happens is you'll stop thinking about what you can do for with those resources for you only, and you'll start asking God, what do you want you for you to do and for others? That becomes your dominant thought process and your heart is in your desire is to please God in making sure we're meeting his objectives and that starts being a trustworthy steward are you trustworthy of God's grace of of just giving you the gifts the spiritual gifts the resources to do what he wants you to do are you a trustworthy steward are you unfaithful so one of the things you have to understand is when you become a Christian, a Christ-likeness that is given you, we're to be faithful and to present God's message of the gospel of reconciliation through Jesus Christ by faith to others. That's the very first thing we need to be a good, trustworthy with the gospel message and going out and simply sharing that message to others who have no hope and no faith in, in God. That is the very first thing as a Christian we need to be trustworthy with that message and get that message out. A simple message of faith in Jesus Christ that you and I could be reconciled with God. That is is absolutely amazing grace. And he trusts you. As a child of God, he trusts you with that message. Are we trustworthy with the message? Now again, if you're not there... You will grow and you will mature as you're why you're here. You're why you're listening because you will grow and mature in your faith. And you cannot not get that message of reconciliation that Christ has done to the world, to Himself, and uh, you can't help but share the gospel message once you're maturing and growing. You just can't. It's just something you just. It's like I cannot help but tell someone else. And I do hope you are maturing and growing and moving in that direction. The second thing is the goal of your service must be giving to the glory of God. So the things you are doing for God, that he is receiving the 100% of the honor and the glory of all that you are doing. That you're not trying to touch any of that. That is all God's. Now you don't go crazy with that thing and, and overboard and become legalistic. You get to a point where you realize you're just, it's in your heart, your desire is just not to receive any glory or any honor, but just you become so thankful that God is allowing you to be out there faithfully serving him and doing what he's called you to do. You're so gratified in the fact that, you're, that you get to serve God versus being self-gratification, self-centered desires, and say, I want to do these because I want these spiritual gifts. Probably one of the most popular ones, I'd have to say, that can really be, I, I, it's one of those spiritual gifts that you're like, you know, do I, God, I don't want that spiritual gift unless you really know that I'm going to be faithful and trustworthy with that spiritual gift, and that's a gift of healing. Because so many people have, if they have a gift of healing, that how tempting that could be to bring glory and honor to yourself while you're going around and God is just powerfully working through your life, and you're just praying for people and being saved after just healed, 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 right over, just miraculously. Can you see the challenge that could be in the temptation of? trying to get glory. Now you got your writing your book and you're signing some deals and you're on you're on the shows and they're like, "How did you do that?" Oh, I don't know, you know. God has just got me right where he needs me to be, you know. <laughs> it's that balance where you're trying to not take attention to yourself, but you're signing the deals and the book deals and going on the 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 the, the day shows because you want people to know Go to my website and look for my name and come see me. Anyway, I can go on and on and on with those kinds of things. But we are not to get honor and glory with what God's gift he's given you. It's for his glory and for the purpose of others. It's not for yourself. And then we see that the stewardship of your time... You got your stewardship of sharing the gospel, the stewardship of the goal of your services to give God all the glory through all of that. But now we see the stewardship of your time. And it is not to be focused on fulfilling a self-centered desire, but instead you and I must acknowledge and demonstrate God's sovereignty in your life. God is in control. He's sovereign over your life. That means over your time of your life. And the question is, how do you acknowledge that? And how do I demonstrate the fact that he is sovereign, allowing him to be sovereign over our lives? We see in Proverbs 16.1. Proverbs 16.1. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Drop down to Proverbs sixteen three. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. You drop that down again to Proverbs sixty nine. And a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord what Des- desires or directs, I should say, his steps. You you and I have to get to a point where our heart is. Wanting to be in the will of God and just wants our heart to do and move in the direction that God is directing you. Are you there yet? In your maturity, in your discipleship journey with the Lord, are you to a point in your life where your time is not your time? That you understand the he's sovereign and you want your life and the l- practical life, living life, is directed by his direction alone. Or do you say, I get to go wherever I want to go and do whatever I want to do and live wherever I want to live and, and do what I want to do with that day. I mean, if that's your mindset, you're not there yet. You need to mature. You need to continue on this discipleship journey to a point where you become a mature stewardship of the time that he's given us. That means it includes the time that you study the word of God. Second 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. So are you studying the word of God? Are you being a good steward of your time? That is right there in the scriptures. We must study to present yourself approved to God that you are a worker. You're working hard to study the word of God. The second one is, is, is memorization. We see that in Psalm 119.11. Are you memorizing Etching that on your heart of the scriptures so that if you do not have your Bible or God is going to use you at a moment's time, in a moment's crisis, you've you put the, His word in your heart so that you've memorized it to be able to quote that memorization of that scripture to in that moment to that person that is in need. Or you might need it. You might be so tempted that you need the scriptures to be popping in your head to quote them, to get you to, your mind away from the temptation to be able to find and wait for God to open up that door to flee from that temptation. And the memorization is, do you spend your time wisely as a good steward memorizing the scripture? And thirdly, we must meditate on God's word. We see that in Psalm Chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Our delight is in the word of God. And in his law he meditates day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, shall prosper. That's what happens. There's prosper. prosper. You'll prosper. There'll be fruitfulness in your life. You will see the changes in your life taking place. You'll see the growth taking place. You'll see you're less self-centered and you're more God-centered and other-centered in your life. And that's what brings the joy in your life. But the challenge is, is we do not spend our time wisely and we don't spend our time in the Word of God, memorizing it, studying it, and and meditating on it, as the Scripture says, day and night. A little here, a little there, that help you grow and mature. And then again, that's how God speaks to your life. I'm not sure if I'm hearing from God. Well, are you in the Word of God? No. Well, then you're not going to hear from the Word of God. You're not going to hear it. Are you at least listening to the radio station and hearing someone else to read it to you and teach you? No. Then how are you going to think you're going to be hearing from God? It's not complicated, my brothers and sisters. It isn't. It's just work. You have to deny yourself in your time and literally spend more time with God. And with others, godly people who can, God can use in your life to help you. It is not complicated. People make it complicated. Because you're not willing to die of self. And, to, and you, you covet your time. We've all been there. I'm going to covet my time. And you think, I'm in t- turmoil, and things are going bad, so I'm just going to covet my time, I'm going to control my time. And you wonder why you're still spinning and going out at of at 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 control even more. Because you're going opposite of what God wants you to do. You're you're, you're just self putting more attention on yourself. And the more you think about yourself, the more miserable you become. And that's why God says your time needs to be spent wisely. Also, we have to give ample opportunity for you to examine yourself biblically, in a biblical manner, on the continual basis. We see that, and we've read that before, in Matthew 7, verses 1-5. through Where you spend quiet time just sitting there and allow and examine, God, if there's any wicked way in me, please reveal it to me and let me write this down because I need to get the scriptures, I need to talk to you about this, I need to get counseling regarding this, I need to change. I do not want those things in my life that are not pleasing to you. And you've you've revealed these things to me. I want to change, Lord, please. And I'm willing to do the work and the effort to work that out in my life. Another opportunity for time is provide opportunity for ministering to others. Because it's not just about you. It's Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Are you spending your time helping your brothers and sisters in the Lord, in the faith? Are you even open to helping others? Or is it only when it's convenient? Or do you spend time, Lord, please, I'm sitting here, Am i going to quietly go say, can you put someone on my, mind, on my mind that you need me to go minister to in some way that has a need or needs to just be visited or needs to, to just hear a, get a text from me or call that person or get a cup of coffee? With, are you open with your time to be able to do that for the Lord? I really hope you're at that point in your walk with the Lord that you are there, because you're blessed beyond measure. Because when you do those things, you're come out more blessed, than probably the other person is that you're trying to minister to. It's just the way it works. We also need to allow for assembling of other believers to encourage one another. We should not be forsaking the fellowship. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the matter of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, as you see the day approaching. My brothers and sisters, that that is probably the key verses I probably should have shared for tonight, is Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25. Do you realize the you can see the signs and the symptoms that God talks about at the, when before he comes back and takes his church and raptures us out of here. Do you see the things that are going on in the Middle East? Do you see the things that are going on in our culture? Do you see the things that God's spoken of? That should encourage you to do whatever it takes to not forsake the fellowship. That you, regardless of how you feel, you will show up because you want to minister to as many people as you can. Or, you're at a point in your journey that you need to be ministered to more than ever before. You need to be encouraged. And that encouragement comes by spending time with your brothers and sisters in the Lord, regardless of how you feel. We also, from a time perspective, take into account the trials... And the spiritual warfare that is happens in your life throughout the day of life. Because believe it or not, you'll have spiritual warfare happening every day. It should. Because if you're doing the things for God, you are definitely in warfare. If you don't want warfare, then you obviously are not doing what God's called you and, and really pursuing. Because anytime you're doing things for God, the enemy is going to want to resist you. The flesh is going to get ugly. It's going to want to stop you but we need to take into account the trials and spiritual warfare uh, that are part of the everyday life Matthew 6:34 Matthew 6:34 therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is its own trouble there's going to be warfare spiritual warfare going on there's going to be all kinds of troubles that are going to happen in your life but we don't worry about those things We know that God's in control, and we know that he is sufficient to give the efficient resources, the abilities, the power, the resources, whatever is needed for that trouble. Why? Because your father is very faithful. He's very faithful. No panicking. Don't panic. Just run to your father. Run to your heavenly father. And be willing to listen and be obedient to what he should, tells you to do. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 verses 15 through 17. It says, See that you, then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How about you, but I really hope you're asking, Lord, what is your will in this situation or this situation? What do you want me to do next? Lord, I just want your perfect will. Not your permissive will, but I want your perfect will, Lord. Please reveal it to me and let me give me the power and the ability, the faith, to deep faith to be, able to be obedient to that that you're calling me to do. Because things are getting ugly, and yes, the trials and tribulations will come. Another time is to reflect your anticipation and the preparation of the fact that the Lord is coming back for his bride. For you, for the church. And that we need to ponder on and understand and, and, understand and, and even really research and study the word about the fact that the Lord, our, our Lord and Savior is coming back for his bride. And we'll be snatched out. Raptured, caught up into the cloud to, to, to with our Lord. And I'm telling you, we really need to be pondering on that. Now, not only is your time and your service very important to keep and examine what's happening in your life as a steward, but we also need to take a look at your body. We also need to understand the care and the discipline of your body We enable your body to be used for the Lord instead of being used to gratify fleshly desires. That is one of the biggest challenges when you first become a a believer is to no longer allow the flesh to dominate your thought process, your emotions and your actions in your life. That has to change, and it will change as you grow in your relationship with God, as you continue down your discipleship journey. But one of the things as a steward, you must care and discipline your body. Romans 6, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts, and do not present your members as instruments or unrighteousness of sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So the things right there in the scriptures, right there in Romans 6, is that you must acknowledge and talk to God about the fact that this body He's given you that has been ruling your life for how many years before you give your life to Christ, now as a believer, you now say, God, this is your body. I don't get to just do whatever I want to do with my body. And, and fulfill every lust and desires and everything that's presented to me like I used to. No, I'm going to bring that under under subjection. I'm going to bring that under control and I am going to discipline and I'm going to avoid those things because I know those are not pleasing to you anymore. I want to please you and do what you want me to do with that. Now I know, I understand that If you're a brand new believer, that bed of yours can be so such a big giant and you don't think you'll ever overcome that giant that seems to just swallow you up and you can't get out of bed, and you become lazy, but you can. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit can get you up and have enough power to get you on those two legs or drop down to those knees and pray and say, Lord, help me to get this day started because i got to get out of this bed, and it's important to understand because God has things for you to do. It's not about your day. It's about His day, and the question is, what does He have for you to do that day? And give evidence that you are not your own any longer, but have been bought with a price. You have been bought. He is your master. He is the one that gets to tell you what and me and you what to do and how much. Go back and read for, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. And we must demonstrate that you give glory to God as the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside you. Remember, when you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came in and sealed you. God himself sealed you for eternity. Do you glorify the fact that he lives in with you 24-7? There's not a time as a believer that God is not with you. Do you believe that and do you understand that and do you cherish the fact that God is with you? That he's, you're, the, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is you're being used by God to move around in this world to do the work of God. No longer are you doing the work of Satan. You're now doing the work of the Holy Spirit. But you're also, you need to, in regards to your body, give the Lord your spiritual service of worship by presenting your body as a living sacrifice to him. We see that noted in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Your body is a living sacrifice for God. I know. I know you're struggling with this for some of you. You're not there yet. I understand that. That's why we call it the discipleship journey. Go back as we've gone through the journey over the last several, several weeks. As you continue to apply what we've been teaching you, you will get to a point where you can literally say, "My, my, my body is a living sacrifice for God. I, I, I don't, I don't live it. My body's not for anybody else other than Him, number one." and you have to grow and you need to mature to get to that point because then you will be able to demonstrate self control self control so you may receive a heavenly reward and we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 through 27 now after the body the steward must also be a good steward of material goods You as a stewardship of material goods indicates probably one of the key indicators of your maturity as a believer. What you do with material goods clearly indicates your level of spiritual maturity. You can go back and look at Luke 16 verses 10 through 13. But one of the greatest spiritual battles you're going to deal with as a believer is the fact that you're going to be able to choose whether to serve God of the universe or you will serve God of money. That will be one of the biggest challenges for you as a new believer. And as you continue to grow and mature, that will still be one of the biggest challenges for you. Is do you serve the God of money or do you serve the God of the universe? And when you understand this, and once you understand it, there's no middle ground, so many people try to play the middle ground. "No, Lord, I God, I give my life to you. You're, you. you're all sovereign, you're over me. I thank you for all you've done. And in the next breath, you're saying what you're going to do with the money that He's given you and the resources. And it's going to be a struggle. Matthew 6:24. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's not my words. Those are the words of the Lord. That's the words of God. So he understands what you're struggling with. You're not the only one that struggles with these kinds of things. But as you mature and you grow, these things, money and material stuff, is of no, just does not have the hold of you like it was when you were young, vibrant. I'm going to get rich quick, kind of thing. I mean, it just I'm going to get wealthy. I'm going to be built. You now no, these things just, Lord, this is all yours. It's, it's I cannot bring not one penny with me when I come to the come to heaven. Not one bit of it. And so we, once you get to that point, you'll be free and you will learn that you will find it's probably going to be one of the biggest leaps of growth spiritually when you die of yourself when it comes to your money. Because it's not your money, it's God's money. He just graciously gave you some of that money to provide for your, need, your needs for you or for your family And more importantly, to be used then by God for his service, for his purposes, for his people that he needs to provide money to, to continue to do his work. But there's no middle ground. Your real interests and treasures are revealed by your perspective and use of material goods. All you have to do is look at your checkbook. And for most people, don't people don't even do checkbook anymore. Go look at your credit card statements. That will tell you very clearly where your treasure is and your interests are. It will quickly will show you. It's, it's shocking. When you look and go, we really that's how much we spent for ourselves and didn't benefit the kingdom, let alone others, and all those resources went to those things it becomes very real of where your priorities are matthew 6 verses 19 through 21 do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also again not my words these are god's words i'm just letting you know that this is a real challenge and so if you're dealing with this challenge in your life as a believer understand just now, God has revealed it to you. Now you go wrestle with him over that and, and realize he will win. <laughs> and so if you want to grow spiritually on this discipleship journey, because once sometimes people, what I'm finding is, as, as people say, I want to go on this journey with God until it gets really rough. The first part, you're all good for, it, right? Because no longer you're in the depths of God. Sin where you're just destroying your life and God graciously gave your life back and you're still alive and breathing and and have a promise of heaven. You're there. And then you get going down the road a little farther and all of a sudden God says, you know, that no longer is important. That's not good. That's not good for you. Well, wait a minute. I'm not sure I'm, I'm ready to give that up yet. And all of a sudden you start deviating off the path that God has for you. And you think, and I think, as we continue down this discipleship journey, this is going to get better and better and better, and there won't be any temptations and any tests, and, and everything's rosy, and I'll be healthy and wealthy and wise and walking with God and all these false things that are taught and get in your mind. its the furthest from the truth. Because as you continue to grow... The deeper you get in your relationship with God, the more you realize how much you're a sinner that needs to be, that needs to change. Because you get closer to God, the brighter the light is, the more transparent the depths of your sin that's in your life. Now that's not to deflate you at all, my brothers and sisters. I'm just letting you know, if you're at a point where you've been maturing, and you're like, man, why do I feel like I'm not... There yet, I can't keep moving. I, just, I feel like I'm just more of a sinner than anything in my mind. It's because you're getting so close to the Lord, probably, that he's just revealing the depths of the impurities that need to bubble up through the trials and tribulations that he allows in your life to kind of turn up the heat, to get that dross, that, that junk up and boil up so he can skim it off the top of your life so it's no longer in there. And it can get intense sometimes. Why? Because all of a sudden you find yourself being such a good steward with God's resources that the enemy absolutely hates you for doing God's work. The enemy is going to come after you. Anytime someone says, "Pastor, I am just growing. I just want to be. I've been in the Word. I just want to serve. I've been sharing the gospel. I'm just. I just want to. Nothing matters to me anymore. I just want to serve Him and be in His perfect will." And you hear these great things, and I know where it's coming. I can hear it coming, and I just want to do what He wants me to do. And I want to serve, and I want to do this. And then all of a sudden, the enemy says, "No, no, 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 no. You're not going to go." do those great things for God. No, 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 no. I'm going to try to take you out. And that's when the big warfare comes against you. You sitting there going, God, look at all the extra money you've given me and, and what I'm blessing. I'm, I'm debt free and I'm this and that. I, 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 what do I do with the money? And the enemy's like, wait a minute. You're not going to use that. And let God just get all the glory, all this, and, and use this to help others. No, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm gonna take out your truck, and I'm gonna make sure every car tire is all flattened and all kinds of things start happening, and it's like all of a sudden the money that you just were were gonna give to God, it's not there. What happened to it? But here's the here's the thing, my brothers and sisters. When you get to a point where you have nothing. That is when you actually give everything you have to God. When you're out down there and you're struggling, and you're not sure how you're going to get the next meal or pay for the thing, you do not let up on the walk. You press forward and just be obedient to what God is calling you to do. You know the story, right? As Jesus was sitting there and he was telling his disciples, he said, look at the rich man walk up there and he just... Puts all that money and made a big deal. Look at how much money I gave. But there was someone else there who got up there and went up there and gave her money as well. And you remember the story? He, she gives just the two mites, right? And, he's, and Jesus turns to his disciples and says, That man, he gave out of, out of his abundance. He has so much. Look at that. Look, what he gave was just a little bit off the top from his abundance. But do you see this woman, this old woman? She, those two little mites? It's not the amount. It's the heart. She gave everything she had. See, remember, it's, a, it's the heart issue that God is working in you and me as we walk this discipleship journey. Are we willing just to surrender whatever that God wants us to surrender? It's all his anyway. Are you there yet in the discipleship walk? Are you there yet? I hope you are. Not giving to the Lord or giving your leftovers actually robs God and ensures spiritual leanness. You will, you will feel spiritually starved Leanness for yourself. Proverbs three, verses nine. Honor the Lord with all your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. Malachi, chapter three, uh, verses eight and nine. Go back and read that today. Go back and read Luke sixteen, verses eleven and twelve. I'll read that one. Therefore, if you have not been Faithful in the unrighteous mammon, money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? So, we have to be faithful in what we give. And also, if we are to borrow or to, to, to another man's borrowing, if we're not faithful to what that person gives you to, for your purpose, of, uh, for, maybe you need some assistance because you're, you're starving. And God brings someone. Are you faithful with that? Or did you turn around and take that money or resources you were given and go and uh, buy some frivolous thing to, to gratify the flesh? Or was it, or did you use it to what God intended for? But our primary motive, our heart, when it comes to money, material goods, is a motive of giving. It needs to be a heart of giving, of love, and commitment to the Lord. Lord, I love you, that is why I'm going to give. Lord, I want to commit my life to you. I don't want to be self-centered and just take all these resources for myself. I want to give. That is where you need to mature and grow on your discipleship journey. You need to get to that point where you're just your love and your commitment to your Lord. And you're willing to give to the Lord and you are returning what is already His. It's already His. And you should have a readiness to give. A, a heart you just every time god has given you something just understand you use what you need and the rest of it lord whatever you show me and whatever it puts on my heart lord to, to be moved forward or what presents itself to help someone else or to give for your kingdom and for a purpose i just would be willing to let it go so freely with joy and love because i know i'm doing it for you because you've given me so much And that giving is a mark of generosity, a mark of good spirit, a personal determination in your life that God is doing it. And it brings to, in your life, a point of contentment. Contentment is great gain. And as on your discipleship journey, you're going to get to a point where you're spiritually mature, you are content with what you have. And it can be very little or it can be a whole lot. But you're just content. Because it's what the Lord has provided. is what the Lord has given. And you're being a faithful steward and trustworthy steward of whatever he gives. And you're thankful and you're glad with whatever the little or lot that he has given you. Paul says in the scripture, I learned how to, to to be content in little or, or, or abound. I, I, I was content in either way. I had a lot at one point in my life and I had very little in my life. It did not change my contentment for what God is doing in my life. He always faithfully provided for me. Whether God gives you abundant riches or meager poverty or pleasant circumstances or circumstances that are suffering. You are to trust him as he continues to work in your life. That is absolutely paramount for you to continue. God promises to take care of your needs. Will you honor him with your material substances? Matthew Chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be, shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Seek first the kingdom of God. That means seeking him. And your discipleship, continue to seek him. And he will add to your life what is good and right. Do you trust him with that? I too I do hope so. And lastly, your material goods are to provide for others. In one way to show your thankfulness in response to God's love for you, you should freely and willingly Want to desire to help those in need. You want to work with those who find it very difficult just to live life. It could be someone who's a complete strangers, it could be someone who's poor, it could be someone who is sick, it could be someone who's a widow, who's an orphan, just other believers who are just in need because of they just don't have the resources to to take care of that basic need for their body or for their house or whatever it may be. But God has given you the ability, the talents, the resources, the money, the time, the good back, the ability to to move. Are you willing to be a vessel used by God to share the love of God to these people who are in need, genuine need? You also need to make sure you provide wherever biblically necessary you should provide for every member of your family. 1 Timothy 5.4 says, But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show pity at home and to repay their parents. I should should read that one again. That's a really good verse. I should have that somewhere up in my house somewhere, right? The kids... Anyway... Uh, repay your parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, so that's, I don't know about you, but that's not a light little conversation right there. And then you go down to 1 Timothy 5:16. If any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them, and do not let the church be burdened, that it may be, relieve those who are really widows. So if you have a family, God is really clear here that biblically you really should be taking care of your family who's in need. Not some government system. Yes, that's fine in today's world, you know, that they didn't have the government system back then. But you really should be looking to provide to make sure your people who are hurting in your family are taken care of. And you should even meet the needs of those who you consider themselves your enemy. The scripture in Luke 6, 20, 27 through 38, or Romans 12, 20 through 21, says clearly even your enemies, they're in need. For the love of, of your Lord, use that as an opportunity to show kindness, because kindness leads to repentance for some. That's what it that it does. You can that bottle of water that you handing to someone who just cussed you out at work and is just looking to just fight you and whatever else at work and struggling and butting heads with you. Grab them a cold bottle of water that you can, because you see them at work, they've been they're thirsty and they they just got done working out and, they're, and you got one for you. Why don't you show kindness and give him a bottle of water? He's in need. He's very thirsty. You should not give with a self-focus at all to earn praise from anybody, but instead you should give so that the Lord will receive all the glory. And I even I'll, I'll, I'll sit this in here because it's Galatians 6:6 6, 6 and 1 Timothy 5, 17, 18. Yes, you should freely provide for your spiritual teachers and leaders. Now, that's not a plug for me. But many times people say, why do we give to the church? Because those resources that God is using through you is what provides to keep the lights on and people to be able to continue to serve you in the capacity to be able to come here. That's why God says, also be willing to give for those who are your teachers, spiritual teachers and leaders. And we see that scripturally. But again, we'll not want to end that. But next week, we're going to talk about a little bit more about dying to self and serving others. And we'll highlight that next week. Um, Again, I, I, I tell you again, as we continue down this journey, it gets more very specific things that are going to put some pressure points on some of you don't try to avoid the pressure point of pain that the Lord is trying to put his finger on something in your life. But recognize that God says, that is what I'm trying to change from your life. And it no longer needs to be in your life. You need to change biblically. And let's self-confrontation, let's, just don't avoid the, the battle there because you'll come out so much more mature.